0: Welcome back to another episode of Kelly and the Encouragers podcast. I'm so happy to have you here with us today. On today's show, I have Nicole from Colorful Sanchez. I have to tell you, I loved talking with Nicole. Her heart is on fire, and you can just feel her passion between wanting to make the world a better place and wanting to support people and wanting to be able to just really change the world. Nicole is on a mission and it's a mission you're going to want to check out. So before we even get into the episode, go ahead and pause this and go follow her on Instagram, Colorful Sanchez. She is absolutely fantastic. And honestly, the quality and the beautiful colors of the products that she has, I can't even, I seriously go over there just to look at it. So go check it out and enjoy our conversation. Hi, Nicole. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Kelly. I'm super excited. Yes, me as well. I'm glad this worked for us to sit down today. Yes. You know, can you tell me a little and the listeners a little bit about yourself and and what you do and where you are and all that? Absolutely.
1: My name's Nicole Blanco. Uh, actually, I my name is Nicole Sanchez. My married name. I haven't changed it yet. It's something on my list. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, I'm originally from Colombia, Bogota, Colombia, South America. Um, and then I moved to the United States when I was 10 years old with my mother and uh, became a U.S. citizen about two years ago. And then uh, got married about a year ago. Uh, I went to, I, live in San, I lived in San Antonio, Texas. Uh, For most of my teenage and I grew up there. And then um, I recently, well, about a year ago, uh, I got married to a a beautiful Mexican man. (laughs) And uh, we moved to, I moved to Mexico for a year to work on his immigration situation. And then now we have just crossed the border about two months ago. And now uh, we live in Laredo, Texas.
0: Oh, my goodness. You guys have had yeah. quite a journey and just a short amount of years, in it, it sounds like. so.
1: Yeah, th- I have had the opportunity to thankfully live in uh, three different countries my so cool. t- uh, 27 years of life. So it's exciting.
0: That is. That is. You know what I think is so great, too, is I can see, I mean, the listeners can't see the joy on your face when you talk about the different places, too. But I can just see that as you share that. So I love that as well.
1: Yay. Yes, I'm excited. It's it's something that uh, I have learned to love. Uh, It was not something that I used to. And I guess we can talk about that as the conversation um,
0: continues yeah absolutely you know I would um, maybe if you're okay with that we'll get into that a little bit Um, and then we'll talk about colorful Sanchez I just really oh I am like loving I swear I look at your Instagram I don't mean to sound like a stalker I swear but I probably look at it like multiple times a week And like this is so gorgeous the items that you have so I know the listeners are gonna love that but I would love to hear if if you feel comfortable sharing a little bit about like what was that like for you to to move at the age of 10 and to go somewhere new and have new experiences
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, so, the reason why we moved to um, San Antonio to the United States wasn't because we weren't we were living a bad life, nothing like that. I actually love Colombia with all my heart. And uh, what happened was my parents got divorced, and then my mother—crazy story—my mother fell in love with my stepdad, who are they're married now, but he was her old boss in Colombia. And so um her boss they both of them got divorced and then somehow, I have no clue still, uh, they got together, fell in love, blah blah. Then she tells me that we're moving to the United States and um, it was never something that I had wanted. I feel I felt like all my friends in Colombia they were like, Oh, one day I will go to the United States and I was like, Oh yeah, not me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it was very interesting moving here. Um, I my stepdad is a Colombian, but he was born in Colombia, but his family are from England. Oh, and so he's a very white complected blue eyes um, gentleman, and he and then so we moved to San Antonio. And that was very hard. It was very hard. Not only I had a little bit of, um, I don't, I don't know what to call it, but like, it was like a mental breakdown when my parents got divorced and I was failing school. I failed third grade. And so then my mom kind of just sees all this stuff happening to me. And then she, Decides that she just wants me to get out of that, you know, out of that environment. So then we moved to the United States and it wasn't any better. Um, Yeah, so I was in a bilingual school in Colombia and um, I I was terrible, terrible English. I could I didn't understand it. Uh, and so she told me we were going to United States where they speak English. I'm like, Oh my gosh, mom, how am I going to do it? And I was so nervous. Yeah. Um, now I think about those days. So I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't remember the day that I like that. I couldn't speak English. Yeah. Um, and uh, when you are a little kid, you just learn a language so fast. Absolutely. So I'm very thankful that I did move at the age that i i did because my mom moved i don't know she was probably like 35 and to this day she struggles with her english um so i was i felt very blessed that i did move maybe at an earlier age so that i could learn english uh, but uh, we moved to a very uh, caucasian uh, area uh, in san antonio it was all white people mm-hmm. <laughs> and i felt um i felt different i felt so um out of place and so for the longest time even until i graduated high school i would i wouldn't go in the sun or i would try to talk a certain way and when i first started speaking english i had a very thick accent and so um it was something that people would make fun of. And it was something that's like, just by my accent, everybody knew I wasn't what I was trying to be. And so um, I tried all these things to like, not get tan because I get on the sun and I brown, like I'm like the color of crayon brown. (laughs) And so I tried so many things. I would wear like long sweaters. In the summer, and uh, I wouldn't speak Spanish at all, and I just had a very weird change. You know, like you're when you're growing up, you're like wondering who you are, and you want to yeah. be, um, you want to be able to feel accepted. And uh, I just felt that I was different, and so it was very hard for me for a really long time. I wouldn't tell people that I was Colombian for a really long time. I, like I said, I wouldn't speak Spanish. And, um, I just push all of that on the side and I have, I didn't touch it. I didn't start searching my culture, searching who I really was and listening to music that I grew up listening to, but I had pushed it away and started listening to, you know, like the cool stuff, like the rap and, uh, little Wayne and, (laughs) and, um, and so recently, like when, um. I graduated high high school and then I was like college. In college, you feel more free yeah. because there's a little bit of everything and you see people from all over the world. And so I felt so free. I started listening to the music that I grew up with. I started dancing a little more because I used to be uh, like a salsa dancer. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I started doing all of that. I started like really just digging in who um who my family is who i am and where i come from and all those things so that was a very interesting uh process but now uh that's why i i created colorful sanchez kind of to really embrace my um my culture and my husband's because he's mexican and so that's why it kind of got
0: started Yes, that is fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. You know, I I would imagine I think back to like when I was 10 and and moving from an area that you love and, and have friends. And I would imagine that would have been challenging, even if you would have only been moving like an hour away, let alone to a new country, to a new language. I mean, the fact that you were so resilient through that is is really impressive and speaks highly, highly of you. Um, and I love, yeah, I love that you mentioned about college too, because you're so right. Like you get to college and something changes, doesn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. You feel like you can express yourself, that you can, because in, in, in middle um, in school, elementary, high school, all of those things are like, you have to take these classes, you have to do these things, you have to be with these people. I don't know. And so... In college, you are finally choosing what you want to study, what you want to learn, uh, the groups that you want to be in, and uh, you meet a whole bunch of people. And nobody cares that you have a little bit of an accent, or nobody yes. cares that you know your body's a little bit thicker than most. And uh, but before it was like, no, you had to kind of look a certain way, and so college was amazing I love college
0: yes I'm so glad that you had that experience you know so that you were able to really lean into who you are and um, to find that that love and that um, it really seems like that passion and excitement with that uh, connecting with that part of you
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think what's really important to know, I almost wish we could show a visual on a podcast so that they could they could see some of your products. They'll have to go check out your Instagram. But really, you know, what caught my eye was the bright, just beautiful patterns. I mean, the colors are more vibrant than, I swear, I'm not exaggerating, than I've ever seen. I was like, these are just such beautiful products. You know, um, but I think what would be really great would be if you could talk a little bit about I, I mean obviously you have some connection with Colombia and and that heritage part but also why why are you so passionate about making sure that you're supporting you know the makers in Mexico because that that just has blown me away to be able to see that.
1: Oh awesome. Yes. So um a little bit like when I my intro I we decided when we were uh, talking about immigration stuff and getting married with my husband, um, we decided that we were going to do his immigration papers through Mexico. So that meant that I was gonna leave everything and live in Mexico. And um, I don't know if you know, but um, Laredo is border town with Nuevo Laredo, I uh, know Laredo, Mexico. And it's probably one of the most um, violent uh, cities in Mexico because of the connection between the borders and stuff like that. Um, So that transition was very um, hard. But living in Mexico, there's so many wonderful things. And um, one of the things that caught my attention was the color. Yeah. And you have ever ever uh, traveled to mexico or please do um they paint their uh, houses like bright colors and they have bright color clothing and bright color and it just in a in a city where there is um just so much violence sometimes you just you kind of have like a there's like a fearful atmosphere the color just kind of gave it more of a bright more of a happy, more of like a, like, yeah, like a hopeful, yeah. um, here to the city that really caught my attention because I was able to see one well, of these people, um, they, they're, they're hopeful. They're hopeful that someday this will end. They're hopeful that this, um, that some color will brighten up their day. And I know in my life, uh, color has, if you, if you look at something bright, if you look at something colorful, like it just, it does something in your part of your brain that it just kind of makes you a more, it just gives you like a happy feeling. Uh, and so I was really just drawn into that color and I was just like, Oh, wow. And then they, they, um, they show all these beautiful colorful bags and purses and all the things. So I was like, I remember I told my husband one day we were at the mall and I was like, I saw a colorful bag and I was like, oh, "I really want it, and I really want to sell them." And um, my husband's entrepreneur. And the next day, he was already like online, checking where we can find them, and let's. You already said you wanted to sell it. You already said you wanted to start your own business, and he was all over it. And so that's kind of how it all started. And so. Um, why I'm passionate about like Mexican artisans and, and first of all they do this by hand some of them like actually take the time oh and do all the designs by hand which is amazing um and then also that that they find hope and color that they find um just uh their with their designs with what they do they um they forget about what's happening on the outside and just kind of Believe in their in their art. They believe in their design. They believe in the color, and so um, that's why I am so passionate about it. Because I think um, the Mexican people are so strong in mm-hmm. believing that they could have uh, a safer, a peaceful Mexico, uh, which is still in the process, you know, as as everything. But um, I think that's what caught my attention the most: the the brightness and that the the people have that hope in, in their Mexico through their art and through their artifacts. Yes.
0: Yeah. That is, I love that contrast too, between, you know, I mean, realistically there, there can be violence anywhere, truly. Um, So let's not, I want to be real clear for anyone listening. Let's not get that mistaken by any means. But what I love about this is that there's, you know, this potential danger out there, but yet this color is truly Mm -hmm. in this art and this work is truly just giving people so much hope and i think that um yeah that's just amazing that it's able to give people a really change that i mean change that perspective and honestly probably even change the community as a whole i would imagine Mm -hmm. right Uh, yeah. yeah that is so great thank you for sharing that you know i was reading some of your blog posts too and I just have to say, you're a very talented writer, so that was really fun to be able oh, to read that Thank you yes, you're so welcome. You know one thing I found so interesting too um was you know really this like desire that it seemed like you have to really reduce like waste on the environment, you know surrounding clothing options and other um things that we may have and so I'm just wondering, you know what do you think like how are there certain ways that we can be aware of that are there are there certain ways that we can Um, look for like responsible buy we can buy from responsible buyers or we can whatever that may look like do you have any thoughts on that
1: yeah yes um so one one uh saturday morning me and my husband uh we watched a documentary called the true cost and it talks about all about uh fast fashion and how the fashion industry has changed completely from um you know, more quality clothes. Like before we were buying quality clothes with quality materials and they were going through a process and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden we start this fast fashion where fashion is now less expensive and now you can buy whatever you want. And then fashion becomes the second uh, pollutant in the world. And I was like, what? Like, how does that even happen? Yeah. Um, and so and then they go about talking about all the different garment fabrics. No, uh, factories, I'm sorry, um, that are in third world countries like Bangladesh and China and all of those things. And how... It says that there's 40 million garment factory workers. 85 percent of them are women, and they're only they're getting less than three dollars per day. Oh my! Yeah. Oh, I was like, "Wow, that's crazy!" Like that is. And sometimes we read everything. We read uh, labels of the food that we buy, and clothes actually tells us where they're coming from. Um, so one of the blogs that I did was, if not us, then who? And it kind of talked about how we're, we're kind of responsible of that and how, and I gave some different um, uh, some different things that we could do to maybe reduce this. Uh, but one of them was that we should read where our clothes come from. It, it'll, I mean, most of the things we're gonna, are gonna say made in China um, and I guess, I mean, we can't escape it. Everything's made in China, but what we can't escape is maybe close from uh, Bangladesh, which is where they treat most of their, their garment workers are treated terribly. Um, there's 40 million garment workers and there's only about like 5,000. So can you imagine how many people are in just one factory all in there, just shoved in there and just kind of working um, and so I'm very pro people. I love people. I, I and so if there's something that that we are doing that is making people suffer, um, I want to be responsible in how I shop and how I look at things. And so one of the things that I do is that if it says made in Bangladesh, no matter how much I like it, no matter the cost, like I will not buy it because I know that maybe the the hands who made that. A piece of clothing were not treated as they should you know um so I that that documentary really changed how I would shop and I feel like you know we all kind of uh just fall into that that we want to look a certain way we want to shop a certain way like with certain styles and be cool and all that and that's okay but when you're shopping every weekend and just buying clothes that are not, that you're just going to wear, you know, there's so many people that have clothes in their closet with still with tags on it. Yes, And that's the problem that we just feel like we need all these things causing, um, causing chaos in our planet and causing um, people to work in unhealthy conditions um, because of our need. And I, I don't know that just, rug me the wrong way that I was yeah. just like, Ooh, like, we need to, we need to do something about it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I love that, that thought of really just having responsibility from one another and like, and holding the fact that people aren't being treated well. And if we buy that, then we're supporting that. And es- essentially, I mean, I'm not trying to get extreme, but essentially saying that's okay. And I don't exactly. want anyone to be treated like that by any means.
1: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so it's just kind of, now we know, Yes. now we should act.
0: Yes. I Oh, I love that. I'm going to keep that with me on a lot of things. Like, once you know, then you have to do better. I mean, in so many parts of life. I I mean, I guess you don't have to, but it's very helpful to do better, essentially. You know, you don't know Mm -hmm. what you don't know. But when you find out, it's like, what do you do? Just ignore that and keep supporting that or take some change and and change things. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so great. You know, I wrote down the name of that. The true cost you said, right? Okay. Yeah. It's on on Netflix or? Okay. Yes. Okay. Nice. I love documentaries too. That's like the thing I always want to watch. My husband's like, come on, not another one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love them though. You know, I'm curious, has there ever been like something that you saw that you really, really did want and you were like, I really wish this was not made in Bangladesh or have for the most part, have you been able to be like, nope, I just don't, I'm not even going to go there. Um, I think
1: I found a shirt somewhere and I was like, oh, I really like it. And then, so now I have gone into the habit to look first of all, uh, where it's made and then also like kind of the materials. And then I saw, I was like, "Made in Bangladesh." Oh, Oh, yeah. But when you have something that you already told yourself, like you don't do it, you just, you just don't. Like you can't be preaching something and then doing it yourself. Like I just, I, I rather just not do it. And, And it was like it wasn't like, oh, I really need it, you know, I really want it, but. So I just, I just put it away.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, again, I just think that's a fantastic way to look at that and really making sure that we're not, um, gaining, gaining benefit on the backs of someone else. Cause, cause really you said there's only 5,000 of like the warehouses. Right. And there was what mm-hmm. f- did you say 40 million? Did I make that number 40. up? Okay. <laughs> I was yeah. like, did I hear that right? <laughs> that's, that's yeah. mind blowing. I mean, That's people cute. have to be like, I mean, they maybe they have different time shifts and things still, but even so, people have to be smushed in, like, just terrible work conditions.
1: Yes, and actually, um, I wrote it in the blog, and I can't remember right now, but there was a time, I think a couple of years ago, that one of the factories actually collapsed, killing, I think, like, 2,000 workers. Um, because of the terrible conditions and that the workers had told management like, Hey, this building is not safe. Like we shouldn't be here. And then all of a sudden they, it just collapsed on all of them. And um, yeah, so there was a lot of uh, people that died and then a lot of them that were hurt. And so I kind of, that's kind of when it all became very uh, like loud and it Unfortunately, it allowed people to kind of really take a a look into, well, what are we doing about this? Um, So that's one of the main things that the the documentary talks about, how the conditions are just so awful. And I wouldn't put myself in that, you know, like I wouldn't. But some of these people, this is like their only choice and their only opportunity of work. Um, So that's why it's, I think I rather make the decision to not purchase that so that they will have other choices. I, I guess that's how my brain thinks but mm-hmm. um, and that's how I choose to kind of make a little bit positivity in the world. I guess.
0: Yeah, I love that. Mm -hmm. Have you seen how things are marked like fair market trade and things like that as well? Um, I don't know if you've ever seen that, but I think that that as I I could be wrong. So if anyone's listening and I'm wrong, my apologies. But my understanding (laughs) of that is that anything that is purchased or made that has that on there, the fair market trade, then the, the people who have made that are earning a good wage, a livable wage, are in a good factory, whatever that may look like. And so it's like responsible a responsible um, development, I guess you would consider it or, um, and so I look for stuff like that. You don't really find that so much on shirts, but I mean, there's even things like ChapStick I found it on and I'm much more likely to buy that because I'm like, well, that fe- that feels right. It feels right to yeah. make choices that are going to um, benefit people in a, in a healthy way and that, that doesn't take advantage of anyone. I think that's what it boils down to really is those people are getting taken advantage of. Right. yeah
1: Yeah, you're absolutely right
0: it's hard to hard to see that and hear that and even think about it really but it's there we can't just ignore Mm -hmm. it so yes
1: and and, uh, coming from a third world country um there is a lot of things that now being an american um that you really are sheltered from you know you you don't see a lot of the things like we have a wonderful life here i am I am pro America. I love America with all my heart. Uh, it has given me a home, and it has taught me so much, given me so many opportunities. Um, but that is one of the things that we kind of just take advantage of the privilege that we do have, of the safety and all those things. Because um, in other countries, we it's a different world, you know, and it's 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 not. They don't have as many opportunities, and uh, that we do here. So it's like. It's unfair to say, ah, well, they, uh, the garment workers, they can just pick another uh, another job, but there's not right. another opportunity. And this is all that they get, and even those $3 are sound crazy to us. You know, we would never work for less than $3, but to them it's an opportunity to feed their families and stuff like that. So I think that's why I'm able to kind of just view it the both ways because I I did get to live 10 years of my life in Colombia and I lived those 10 years in Colombia where um, the whole craziness of uh, the FARC and I don't know if you know about that like uh, Pablo Escobar and all of that, uh-huh. when all of that was happening and uh, there was so much violence over there too that's where I was that's the time where I was being um, when I was growing up and so I know the like, the backside of um, where, you know, like, where all those, the, the opportunities that we have here, and they, like, they, you don't experience those things here, and so that's why I'm able to empathize with, um, with those people over there, because I, maybe that is the only opportunity that they get.
0: Yeah, 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 thank you for sharing that. You know, I think I think it's important to note too that a lot of times companies like that are finding very vulnerable communities and like popping their um, factory there, and so so truly it may have been an area where there weren't any other opportunities before, and maybe this is the only one that is there now. And because of that, they truly do not have any options. So the only other option may be not to work and not to be able to feed your family or whatever that looks like. And I'm not saying that there's not potentially other things, but I think it's really important to um, realize that too, that a lot of times like big companies find vulnerable people in vulnerable areas and take advantage of that as well hmm Yes. Yeah. Well, I think that's great that you're sharing, you know, sharing your heart with that and trying to reduce your own impact on that. And I hope the listeners will consider doing that as well and, and keeping an eye on that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I hope
0: so too. Yeah. So I, we're going to change gears a little bit. We got to talk about your Instagram. It. I know I've said it like 17 billion times. Seriously, it's just so good. And so I would love to know, like, marketing and style is that something that comes like naturally to you or is it something that you've really worked to evolve and to develop
1: that is so funny that you say and and thank you so much because it does it definitely does not come naturally (laughs) um i don't know if you, you scroll all the way down i used to take uh just pictures with you know by a tree or by some pretty flowers and just put it there with my phone and Um, I did start kind of learning, kind of looking at other people's Instagrams and uh, getting some ideas there. Um, What I struggle with the most is the the captioning, because I don't know. And I think that's crazy that you say that I am a good writer, and that's so awesome. Thank you so much. Um, but I love reading and I love writing. I just don't feel like I'm like the most, you know, eloquent and, um, but I do like it. And so that's why I was like, I'm just going to do it because this is what I like. And if people like it great, if they don't, well, that's great too, you, you know? Um, but the captioning is hard because sometimes I'm like, well, I don't know what to put, but, uh, I have learned so much it's it has been a learning experience this like being entrepreneur and learning and and having your own business and kind of building it uh, little by little um but i recently i got a camera i got a nicer camera and i just kind of learned how to take pictures and how to um make sure that the product looks good and bright and edited and all those things so it is it has been a A long journey. Um, And I think I'm still learning. I still watch, you know, um, YouTube videos and stuff like that to continue to learn. But it is something that I really enjoy. And I have never been the one to take, you know, pictures of myself and like selfies and stuff like that. Um, But pictures of things, pictures of um, like scenery or um, well, product and stuff like that, I find it like I, I have like, you know, those creative moments when you're actually being creative and you feel like you're in this flow and you feel like it's going right. Sometimes, yes, it's frustrating because I'm like, oh, I can't come up with any more ideas. But um, I have found that taking pictures has allowed me to um, be more creative, that that's something that I hadn't tapped into my creativity. And so it has been very exciting, very... Uh, and I hope that, see, that you can see it through the pictures that, that they, I am enjoying taking them and that I am enjoying editing it and kind of figuring out what looks good and what doesn't. So it has been a journey and um, it has been a fun one actually. And I love being creative. That's something that... Uh, I have been watching some YouTube videos on how we should all as human beings tap on our creativity because it, it, does, it does give you like these feelings of uh, uh, self-worth and that you kind of express yourself and you, it's like a, a way to, yes, to express yourself and kind of just show who you are through a different, not without using your words or action, but rather on, I don't know, like a picture or a painting and uh, a podcast. Um, so that has been very fun. Yeah,
0: that that's that's wonderful. I 100% know what you mean about like a journey though. I even think back to like I mean my Instagram is like not that impressive now, but even when I think back to when I first began it, oh, it was like really sad. Like I mean yeah. really sad. Or even when I think about the podcast and like the sound quality and you know, it's just you you start out and you learn, right? And then you figure out like what is your jam and I 100% agree with like really really I'm tuning into your creativity Um, honestly though had you asked me like I don't know maybe like seven eight years ago if I was creative I would have said no Um, but I I think Mm -hmm. that I'm just creative in different ways and once I was able to see that and acknowledge that then I did get into things like I started writing again and I started like dreaming about different things and I think it's just a matter of allowing yourself the opportunity and space because we're so busy Mm -hmm. a lot of times, but giving yourself that space to be creative can make a huge impact in your life.
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like that for you as well? I mean, it seems like, you know, when you started taking the pictures, have you always been writing then, or is this something that's been more recent as well?
1: Um, I always kept a journal, um, but writing in public, no, like for people to, you know, like a blog or anything like that no 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 because i always i feel like i just can't really it still takes me a long time that's why sometimes i go mo- like weeks or months without a blog because i'm like what do i write about and then i think of like too much but once i get it done once i i just do it and i'm like creating and it's like a flow i feel so good and it just feels like yes right
0: yeah. you know
1: uh, you just kind like, huh. yes. <laughs> of like fresh air and you're just like okay I did
0: it yeah that's that's great you know one thing too that I was gonna um hit on that you had said uh quite a bit earlier though was about your husband um it sounds like he's he's quite a go-getter too like he heard you say like oh I want to sell these the next thing you know he was like researching and how do we do this and figuring all that out as well
1: oh yes yeah he is uh He graduated college, and then he looked for jobs, but nobody kind of just, he, I don't know if he was in, I don't know what he, he wasn't a really good interviewer. Like he didn't do well interviews. And so then he was just like, forget it. business, And since then, it's been about six years with his own business. And so he's very fearless. He, uh, He enjoys risk. And I am not, I am the opposite. I like safety. I like knowing. I like, you know, solid ground. He can go up and jump in the waves and sell his boat. And I'm just like, no, I'm staying here where I'm safe, where I know I'm going to get that salary, where I know I'm just, and so uh, that was a big, um, you know, moment for me to learn. Uh, when I did move to Mexico, because, you know, I left my job, I left like comfortable job that I actually loved um, to move to Mexico, to be an entrepreneur, to kind of just like you have to work because if you don't work, you're not going to get paid. It's not like you have PTO or anything like that. And so that he, I learned a lot from him. Um, he is a risk taker and he, he's always thinking of ideas and thinking and thinking and thinking and, uh um, I'm more of the, okay, well, let's plan it out. Let's see how we can figure it out and the budget and all of this and all of that. So, but I have learned a lot from him and um, I've kind of learned to trust a little more, uh, just kind of lean into my creative uh, part and kind of also I was able to, when I got married, I was able to really, um, being in Mexico, the but I was, it's Similar to Colombia, so I was able to really tap into like my own culture and stuff like that. Um, so I have learned a lot through marriage <laughs> for sure. And, um, but yeah, he has been somebody that has helped me kind of uh, see my potential as well and see that uh, we should go after our dreams, even if it seems a little hard or if they seem uh crazy, we should just go after them.
0: Yes, a hundred percent. I, um, probably not probably i definitely lean towards the way that your husband is like i am always thinking of a new idea like at all times really? yeah one of my friends recently i i messaged her we were messaging back and forth and we were talking about something and anyway i said uh don't worry though because i um <laughs> i have a plan so this won't be an issue soon <laughs> and she was like no you have a plan what <laughs> <And> so <laughs> so i love that you know i wonder if you um consider that that being a balance between the two of you do you know what I mean like him being very risk-taking and you being you know a little bit more cautious and like do you think that's a good balance for both of you
1: yes at the beginning of the relationship it was very hard for me um because I was very stuck in in safety and just knowing that we're going to and I think it kind of goes with my parents too, because they are not the best with money and so I was always like, I'm going to be very uh, safe with money and I'm going to save and I'm going to pay my debt and I'm not going to live in debt. And, and so I had already these mental like ideas of how money should go and um, how safe we should be and how we should save and stuff like that. And so him coming in and just being very um, – just – well, let's just do whatever <laughs> idea I have uh, was very. We were button hits a little bit, but once I kind of just processed through my feelings and uh, just kind of processed through my fears because they they were fears. Um, I was able to be like, okay, yes, that is a good idea. Now, uh, to help me land it, so he's the one that has ideas. He's way up here, but I'm the one that kind of just okay, let's land it and let's let's create a plan to be able to to manifest it, to actually do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great that you were able to work through that and kind of talk through some of that. And, I, and it sounds like too, that you have both sides of it. So he has the ideas and then you're like, yep, let's figure this out and make it happen. So, you know, sometimes because I am someone who has so many ideas at all times, you know, you have so much going on that it can be hard to actually like completely get all of them accomplished but being able to have someone along your side that is like yep this is a great idea we can absolutely do this now here let's do whatever that may look like and make that make that happen that's really great
1: Mm -hmm. yes yeah we we balance each other because I also you know I also tell them okay well that idea is (laughs) kind of I don't know how that would work and so and, and my ideas he supports as well. So like I said, I wanted to sell purses and he was all over it and he yeah. helped me land that idea as well. So sometimes I'm the dreamer, but very small times. And then he sometimes is the one that kind of lands it. So yeah, it's a good, it's a good
0: balance. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And I love that you guys do. It sounds like just kind of shift roles based on what's going on and, and who has what. And that's just really great that you've been able to, and you've been married two years. Is that right? <laughs> Two, years, Two yeah. years. Oh, that's awesome! That is so great. You know, I'm kind of curious. Have you um, always wanted to own a business then, or it sounds like you're like you were really wanting to be in a place where you like knew that you had this salary and you knew that this was happening? But was there anything in there before, like a small little bit of like maybe I'd love to own my own business?
1: Oh yes, um, actually, about I don't know five to seven years ago. Um, I had this idea. I went to Colombia, and then over there in the malls, um, there's always a gift wrapping station all year long. And um, I'm like, oh my gosh <laughs> And um, then I was like, oh well, that would be cool to put it here. So I, I it was funny story. I um, had called the mall to see if how much it would be to have a little kiosk and you know to do a uh, gift wrapping present and uh, i was so unprepared i was so just i just i wanted to know i, I did want to start the business but then the lady's like oh she asked me something i'm like okay hold on let me ask my mother <laughs> so i did i did have the idea but i feel like it wasn't the right time uh, I was so unprepared. I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have that guidance that um, I do now with my husband. Um, and so it was a desire in my heart, but it was never like full-time type of thing. I never wanted to do it full-time. It was kind of like, oh, let me have this um, business on the side to kind of just also add to the, you know, the the little uh, savings and things that, that will add to my. Then I, I figured out that having your own business, like it's just never safe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like
1: just, it's, it's a roller coaster. You will have sales and then you won't have sales. And then you're trying everything and then it will work. And then sometimes it won't work. And so you're constantly learning, which I love. But um, yeah, it's, um, I think it was something in the back of my heart for a long time. Um, but it was actually like, this was the right time to do it. And, um, I was able, like, like I said, uh, to process through some fears and some emotions to be able to actually tap into that desire, uh, and not be so fearful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, your story about the, the wrapping paper stand and what the lady asked, you know, it reminds me, I don't know what podcast it was, but I was listening to the other day and someone was talking on there about how I, I think it was about, um I don't know if it was it was someone writing a book so I'm not sure who it was in their life it was editor or what but anyway they asked for some type of form and the person had no idea what that was and was like sure I'll get that to you and then immediately was like oh what is this <laughs> trying to figure it out <laughs> and that's just kind of life sometimes right we can't know everything so but I love yeah. that <laughs> I love that I
1: was like, let me just ask my mom yeah. I so I'm like uh this is like a professional lady
0: and she's just here I am asking my mom you're so funny no that's all right that's all right though that's how I mean that's how we learn you know and very likely when she started out she probably didn't know what was going on either really you know so that's I have definitely been in situations where I'm like I feel like I probably should have known that so I feel for you I absolutely feel for you on that so yes. I'm wondering, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, um, where do you see Colorful Sanchez going in the next couple of years?
1: Good question. Um, I definitely right now I'm a only online based um, store. I think uh, one of my desires is to have a physical store. Um, and just kind of bring the whole experience of uh, Mexico and culture and music and allow people to actually um, experience it. And in Laredo, is a little bit hard because people can just cross, you know, a small border and they're in Mexico so they can experience it. But maybe, I don't know, a little bit more up north and somewhere in Texas, having a, a store where you can experience um, – the music and the food and maybe you know, maybe some snacks or something like that, um, and then um, actually see all the the products. Uh, so that would be that would that that would be awesome if I did have a physical store, and I am probably in five to ten years, hopefully. Um, I make it kind of work and find different products and and go more to Mexico and kind of learn more. And so I can be able to teach more and uh, to continue with the blogs, continue with uh, just providing um, people um, some tools to smart shop and uh, shop well and and how we can all as a community uh, try to solve this fast fashion um, situation. So I i think that's where
0: i see it yes oh my gosh that sounds fantastic you know i have to say will you let me know when you open that store because i definitely want to come to that i yes. love that so much Absolutely. Yes, that, yes 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 so,
1: uh, a party yeah.
0: yes that sounds great i would love to go someplace like that so i can't wait to see that happen and see where you're going to go with everything so you know can i ask you a few questions that i ask everyone on the podcast Yes, absolutely. Great. Um, Are you familiar with Brene Brown? Have you ever heard of her? She's an author. She talks about like vulnerability and shame. If not, that's okay. But um, does that sound? No, that's okay. Um, (laughs) It's okay. It's really uh, what I'm learning, which is so interesting. You know, when we're in like our own um, like profession, you know, professional world, like you know, you get to know certain people, and you don't. I'm just going to be real. You don't realize like outside of that, that other people may not. I was talking to a friend of mine about Brene Brown and she was like, who on earth is that? And I was like, oh yeah, yeah. So no worries at all. (laughs) Um, But so basically Brene Brown, she has this book and it talks about like braving the wilderness. And so it's, this is my interpretation of it, but it's kind of this concept of walking out into the wilderness alone, not really knowing where you're going, but along the way, finding yourself and even finding other people that are in there as well. And so I'm wondering, can you think about a time when you feel like you've stepped into that wilderness oh
1: yes the biggest one was excuse me um moving to nuevo laredo mexico that was huge that was the biggest wilderness ever because um i had um you know a lot of people who love me who loves me in san antonio but you know, I was telling my husband, I was like, it's not like I'm moving to, you know, a beautiful country on the beach. I'm not moving to Hawaii. I'm moving to one of the most dangerous cities in Mexico. And so I I felt like tug of war. I felt like my husband's telling me that we should do the papers through Mexico, but then the whole family, friends, church, everybody is telling me that I cannot move over there because this, and because of that. And so making the decision to Put myself in the wilderness of um, a new country, uh, just leaving everything behind, going to a place where you know safety is not a guaranteed. Uh, I I am a I've, I love I am a very strong believer in faith and, and in God, and so I always just had a piece in my heart that, okay, God, you you are uh, taking me here, please protect me. You know, yes. um, so I felt okay. But this, the, the stress of, of having, you know, all your loved ones, all of them kind of just be against your decision was very hard. Um, so that was kind of like a wilderness and where I didn't know I needed because living in Mexico, like I said, I learned so much about myself. I was able to process so much about um, my childhood and who I am and how, um, growing up, how I was like hiding all who I am. And, um, so I was able to process so much in Mexico. First of all, cause I had a lot of time. I wasn't working in the first couple of months. Um, and then just being in another culture and seeing different things and seeing how, um, people have hope and, kind of it really woke me up it really woke me up on who I am woke me up on on uh, just what I was thinking before and how I used to um, be fearful but then you know living in a in a city where it's kind of a little bit dangerous you just feel fearless like you just feel like okay I need to be strong emotionally and mentally you know just kind of live a happy life and live a secure life because you don't also want to live up pl- in a place where you're just constantly in fear. Um and people over there taught me that mm-hmm. something that I I never had experienced before. They taught me how to be fearless. They taught me how to have faith, a stronger faith that no matter where you go, no matter what situation you put in, like just trust and know that uh that everything will be okay. And uh so that was huge that was very emotional uh, but very helpful I I, like I said I grew so much as a person as a as a couple as husband and wife um, as a daughter even I I was able to really um, you know being in a new marriage you kind of understand your parents now you understand how uh, you know I okay I was like oh now I get why this and this and this y'all did this and this and this because now I'm living it before I didn't understand so I was able to process through all that and it really helped me to
0: grow yes yeah you know I think there's actually something really powerful about moving away from basically everything that you know Because my husband and I, I mean, we still live in the U.S., but we moved um, a completely different state. It's like four states away from our home. And when you only have each other to rely on, like physically around you only have each other, it strengthens you in a way that I don't think you could ever really identify until you experience that.
1: Exactly. Oh, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think it's really it's just really impressive too that while you were there i mean yes you had you had time but the fact that you spent your time in such a beneficial way for you because it sounds like there was a lot of healing that came from which is so again it's like that uh that contradiction of like safety or uh, uh, excuse me violence but also at the same time that provided you so much healing truly Hmm. yes do you regret yeah, it at I- all oh go ahead
1: uh, regret?
0: Yeah. No. Yeah. No, yeah. At
1: all. Yeah. Oh that's man, great. that it helped me so much. I, I still think about it. I still talk to all my friends about it because it was a time to really process and really think through things because, you know, um, coming from divorced parents, though, the thing that's in your mind always is like, oh my gosh, like what if that happens to me? And so I really needed that time to process through everything through process through uh forgive and forget and um process through how how you act too because in marriage and something that I learned is that yeah you think you're gonna see the worst of them you see the worst in you Mm -hmm. and learn so much about myself and how I, I mean, I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm that ugly <laughs> and that, that I had some really heavy things that I just needed to process um, and really work through because um, I was able to see them living with somebody that, you know, is, ha- is very free and doesn't fear much. And so I was thinking like, oh, wow, like I was able to process a lot of things about me that were able to allow us to connect better um, and so I do not regret it it was the best thing that I have ever done and um, that's why I love Mexico I will always talk wonders about Mexico and about Colombia too of course um, they're so great and and if they weren't you know they have their own issues and I love America too don't get me wrong all of them three have they have provided me so much and uh, they have molded me in different areas in my life and so that's why i'm very thankful yeah
0: yeah that's so great thank you so much for sharing that i really appreciate that of course thank you yeah so the very last question and it doesn't have to be one person it can be multiple people but who would you say stick out in your mind as your biggest encouragers throughout life so who you know who have been on your team that have been rooting you along the way
1: okay um, there's two. <laughs> one of them's kind of funny, the other one's obvious, but uh, the first one is obviously my husband, um, because he he supports, I mean, he supports everything that I do. Um, I was working here in Laredo, a full time job, and everything, and I just wasn't feeling it. I felt like I don't know. I felt like um, I just needed something different. I wanted to work on on our things and on our stuff. And so he supported me kind of just leaving that job. And so um, with all the emotional processing, stuff like that, he was always so supportive. Uh, And so my husband's definitely my my encourager always. And um, he knows how to I don't know if you ever heard, but Latinas, like we're a very strong character. We're very hard. And so he has able to soften me a little bit. Um, and so he has been wonderful. And then the second one, which is um, somebody in history that I have always really admire and uh, take really his teachings is um, Winston Churchill. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is my favorite. Um, and I just, the reason why I admire him so much is because he was so fearless and he just, uh, he was the only person that kind of made Hitler scared. And so I want that and I don't want to scare people, you know, but I want to live a fearless life to where, um, I stand on who I am. I stand on the latina that i am the american that i am um the big-hearted person that i am the you know and stand on those things and actually really um embrace it something that i hadn't um, done for a lot of my time my life and so um he encourages me and he hes long gone but um, i read his books and, and his uh, teachings and all of that stuff so, It's kind of (laughs) funny. I
0: love that. You know, I think one thing to take away from that especially is that we can impact people even long after we're here, right? And so that's really cool that he's been able to have that impact on you um, and that, um, you know, you've been able to really learn through that a way to or at least be encouraged by that a way to really like hold your truth and and own your value and, and all of that. I think that's fantastic
1: yes
0: mm-hmm. yes well thank you so much nicole for being on the show and taking some time to sit down with me and truly keep us updated on like what you're doing um and when you open up the shop and i'll be sure to listen or to share that with all the listeners as well so oh, yeah. one one last time can you tell them where to find you um on instagram
1: yes it's uh, uh instagram.com slash colorful sanchez as well as facebook colorful sanchez and then we do have a website Uh, colorfulsanchez.com very simple very easy
0: yes that's wonderful well thank you so much truly i really appreciate you
1: oh thank you kelly for having me absolutely
0: thank you for listening to kelly and the encouragers podcast for all things related to this episode, please go to wwwkellysissoncom podcast where you can find transcript from today's show and links for today's guest. See you next week for another episode.